dedicated to suspense and horror stories from the golden age of radio. I'm Eric. I'm Tim. I'm Joshua. We love scary old-time radio stories. There's nothing quite like a disembodied voice telling a genuinely disturbing tale. But do these stories stand the test of time, or are we being deceived by nostalgia? Are they suspenseful or forgettable, bone-chilling or butt-numbing? That's what we're here to find out. This week, I chose an episode of Arch Obler's plays called The Day Sinatra Got Fat. After gaining notoriety as Willis Cooper's replacement on Lights Out, Arch Obler became a hot commodity in radio. In 1939, NBC hired Obler to write, direct, and produce the appropriately titled Arch Obler's Plays. It was the first ongoing radio series dedicated to the work of a single writer. Obler continued to write fantastical stories reminiscent of his Lights Out scripts. But he also wrote cautionary tales that reflected his strong anti-fascist political beliefs. According to John Dunning, author of The Encyclopedia of Old Time Radio, the series allowed Obler to be staunchly anti-Nazi one week and bizarre the next. Many Hollywood stars waived their usual fees for the chance to appear in Obler's plays. But not everyone thought Obler was a genius. Some found his eccentricities a little too contrived, much like his scripts. Obler was known for dressing in stained T-shirts, rumpled pants, and a pork pie hat. For a time, he even carried around a pet toad in his pocket. Newsweek dismissed his writing as a flashy attempt to get his name in the papers, and a critic from Time famously described him as a 30-year-old horn-rimmed half-pint scrivener. A serious burn in 1939. Arch Obler's plays ended its initial run after a year, but returned in 1945 for an additional 26 episodes. A third version of Arch Obler's plays was syndicated in 1964, featuring an all-new production of vintage scripts from both Lights Out and Arch Obler's plays, as well as several original scripts, including today's episode, The Day Sinatra Got Fat. Don't let the title fool you, though. This isn't a comedy. Or is it? I think we'll have a lot to discuss after we listen to, I just want to say it again, (laughs) The Day Sinatra Got Fat, originally broadcast August 8th, 1964. Forget the petty distractions around you. Forget what you think you know. Forget everything but what you hear right now. It's late at night, and a chill has set in. You're alone, and the only light you are seeing is coming from an antique radio. Listen to the sounds coming from the speaker. Listen to the music, and listen to the voices. And now, Lights Out. Arch Obler's Plays. Stories of the Unusual. This is Arch Obler. Have you been trying to reduce lately our chocolate sundaes, layer cakes, and thick gravies on your drop-dead list? And after giving them up, are you still putting on, shall we say, a bit here and there? Well, maybe you're not to blame. Maybe somebody is. (laughs) But that's why I wrote the play you're about to hear. Now, Arch Obler's amazing play, The Day Sinatra Got Fat. Hello. Hello, operator. Operator. Why don't you answer me? Hello, hello. Good morning, Bridegroom. Hello, hello, operator. Answer me, operator. I said, good morning, Bridegroom. Now, George, why do you have such a silly telephone? It's out of a museum. Well, that silly telephone cost me $5,000 for line charges alone, stringing it up the mountain. Look, uh, mix me a bromo, will you, please? All right, after I have one. I always say start the honeymoon with a bromo. (laughs) Yeah, we, uh... We did hit a little hard last night, didn't we? You did, I did. Here. Ooh. I hate the taste. All I remember about last night, the very beautiful green sunset. Uh, A green? Green. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, You better have another bromo. (laughs) 
I know green when I see green. Sure, sure. Look, forget I said anything, huh? Uh, get your things together. It's time we headed back to town. Town? What are you talking about? My dear Felice, we can't possibly stay here without servants. <laughs> oh. oh, what's so funny? <laughs> I just remembered when you hit your butler or whatever he was with that bottle, he sort of oozed down to the floor, you know, like slow motion in the movies. Very funny. <laughs> the oh. salaries I pay those morons a year round just to have this place ready for me. Well, look, you better get dressed and we'll take off. Now, George, you be nice. It's early in the morning. Let it warm up a little. Look at those windows. Look, I don't want to look at anything. Okay, but it must be below zero out there. Look, Georgie. What the... Snow? Is all that snow? Uh, did it snow last night? Do, do you know? I don't know anything. I was out like a light. Look, it's packed 12 feet up to the eaves. Are you telling me they are snowbound? Well, look, look, it's up to the roof. Oh, I should have listened to my horoscope. It said not to travel yesterday. As to weather forecast, they didn't say anything about this, nothing at all. Oh, well, what's the difference? They will clear the road for us. They? Who they? There's no public road. Where do you think you are, Park Avenue? A tractor. Don't you have a tractor? Sure, I got two of them. But I don't know how to run them. I hire people to do that. Oh, brother, a gentleman farmer. Oh, what the devil you want me to do? Carry out of here piggyback on skis? That I would like to see. Well, you think I couldn't, huh? Look, I've got the physique of a man 20 years my junior. That I wouldn't know, bridegroom. I was drunk. Yes, yes. Now, listen, you. I'll take your neck. Let go of me. You listen to me. Don't you ever lay a hand on me like that again or I will tear your eyes out. Oh, like a cat? Huh? A two-bit saloon cat? What does that mean? Well, you answer that. And a Louis Fischetti's bar and grill. You lousy rat. <laughs> so you did the checkup bit after all. All right. What the devil you think you're doing? What your other wives did, getting the devil out of here as soon as I pack my bags. Oh, and how do you propose to get out? Uh, slide down the mountain on one of your uh, horoscopes? I will tell you something, bridegroom. Uh -huh. All of a sudden, I've discovered something. I don't really like you anymore at all. <laughs> uh, confession time? <laughs> all right, bride. I never liked you, and that's what? a fact. Uh, how shall I put it? Uh, you're not my pillow type. What in the... <laughs> Why did I marry you? It's a simple answer. You're a famous woman in your own right. And beautiful. <laughs> uh, for the next year, I'm going to be traveling in South America. Oil leases. Uh, they like beautiful blondes down there. Oh, it'll be profitable for you, too. A piece of each oil lease in writing. <laughs> Isn't that better than a warm honeymoon? <laughs> and now, I'll just uh, take that suitcase and put it back where it belongs, huh? If you say so, Georgie. Don't be so docile. It doesn't fit. We are a pair, a matched pair, Georgie. <laughs> Only I am more expensive than you. And when you want to get rid of me, you and your bank book, remember that I also know that... I know what? Come on, finish it. Come on, let's hear it, all of it. Well, why aren't you talking? What are you staring at me for? On your face. Huh? That green on your face. What are you talking about? I don't feel any... On the other side, look at your hand now. It's green dust, so what? The sunset last night. What are you talking about? Remember I called you to see it, but you were too busy fighting with the servants? The sky was green, all green. All right, all right. What's the snapper? Come on, the punchline. I could use a joke if it's a good one. Come here to the window. All right. All right, what is it? Quick, look. Huh? On the snow. Oh, it's just green patches on the snow, that's all. What are you getting so excited about? Green? Well, so what? Some sort of vegetable growth. Lichen, moss, how should I know? Hey, wait a minute. What's the matter? Green stuff on your face, too. Oh, get me out of here. Will you please get me out of this place? George. George. I'm here, I'm here. Why did you leave me? Where were you? You said there was no way out. Where did you go? I went up the tunnel. Tunnel? Yeah, yeah, under the house. 
During the winter months, we use it to get to the garage and the livestock. Uh, the hogs. How thrilling. You mean you leave me alone to slob those blue-bottomed pigs of yours? Why not? They're worth a fortune. Breeding stock. All right, all right. They are still pigs to me. Look, I'm cold. Will you build up a fire or something? Okay, okay. We'll be lucky if that wet wood burns. Well, make it burn. Sure, sure. Just like that. What do you think I am? So... What are you looking at now? What's the matter? I wash it off all the green. Speaking of pigs, I knew you were eating high on the hog. But I didn't know you were eating that much. All right, funny man, what is it now? Your chin. You're getting a double chin. Are you out of your mind? I never had a weight problem in my life. <laughs> Mira, where is it, Mira? <laughs> Behind you, the other wall. <laughs> I'm not fat. That's great. With all your yogi exercises and health foods, a double chin. <laughs> nope, it's not an optical illusion. It's plain fat. <laughs> but... But a little while ago, when I looked in the mirror, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> Look, don't worry about it. It eventually happens to all my wives. But uh, usually not on the honeymoon. <laughs> anyway. Look. Hmm? In the mirror at yourself. You are getting fat yourself. What the devil? Watch. Look for yourself. It's buried in the fat of your arm. I want to cry. I can't cry anymore. It's so dark outside. The lights. They have got out, George. I know, I know. Get me some lights. Well, stop yelling. What do you think I'm doing? Candles. Here. What is it? What happened? Generator plant quit. That's all. Well, fix it. Fix it. I can't fix it. I'm no mechanic. You are nothing. You hear me? Nothing. Nothing. I want to get out of here. I don't want to stay here. Police. What? What? Your, your face. What? I just realized something. Your face bloating like a pig's. No. Fatter and fatter. Yours. Yours, look at yourself in the mirror. What's happening to me? Before we return to the day Sinatra got fat, a short message. This land is your land. This land is my land. This land was made for you and me. One of our 50 states owes more to its spirit of religious tolerance and freedom of belief than to any other factor. The state, of course, is Utah, and the settling of Brigham Young and his followers in the Beehive State shaped its future more than any prior event. The Mormons taught those who dwelled in the arid region that is now Salt Lake City the miracles of irrigation, and the area flourished and prospered. The lasting influence of the Mormons is evident in the state's agricultural prosperity. And visitors to the Temple of Queens, the Rainbow Natural Bridge, the Copper Mines at Bingham, the sheep branches of Duquesne, or the richly colored sandstone Navajo Twins and Needle Rock. See what the first Mormons saw over a hundred years ago, that Utah is the promised land. And now we return to Arch Obler's amazing play, The Day Sinatra Got Fat. Buried in the folds of their own fat, the honeymooners sit in the snowbound cabin. Uh, 
George. Yes. Uh, is it morning yet? Yes. I, I think it is. It isn't possible for people to get this fat overnight, is it? Uh, no. Get me out of here, George. Please. Please. You, you think that would make a difference? Yes. Look. Sunrise. Oh. Uh, green sun. Everything green. What does have to do with it? Dust sifts under the window. In the air. Green. Everything green. I tasted it. Sweet. Have you noticed how sweet it tastes? You know something? Mm -hmm. Tell me. I... I've been thinking about it for hours. Maybe it's this way all over. All over? Sweet. Tell me. Something in the dust makes us fat. Dust? Uh Fat? You are crazy. Uh How can dust? No. It's something else, a sickness. Yes, I want to go to a doctor, get me out of here. Get me out of here. George. All right. Don't leave me. I'm frightened, George. The radio. Got to turn on the radio. Turn it on. Don't stand there. No use. What? The generator. No electricity. Uh, a portable? You have got a portable? No. No. You stupid idiot. You live in the middle of nowhere and you don't even have a portable. You are stupid. A stupid man. A fast, stupid man. Where are you going now? George! <laughs> <laughs> George, why are you opening the door? Where does it? All the cars. You are taking me away. Oh, oh, bless you, bless you. Fool, I told you, there's no way out. Uh, 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 Why are you getting in that car? The radio. Yes, maybe they are sending her. Snowplow. Dead. Dead. No. No, ignition. Turn on the ignition. Ignition. We will hear. We will know, won't we? It will be all right. It will be. Be still. It's warming up. Fact. Fact. National emergency. Washington reports chemists are trying to analyze the green dust. Believe it is not of earthly origin. From interstellar space. Fact. Fact. Get it back. Get it back. Why doesn't he play, George? Battery dead. Finished. Is that fat? I heard it. I did. What did he mean? Answer me. You heard it. It's same all over. You are crazy. I are insane. It's a sickness, you hear me? A terrible sickness. And you have got to get me to a doctor. Now, George. Where are you going? A doctor? You must get me to a doctor. Uh, I'll be back. Don't leave me alone. Don't pull at me. I got to see about something. Uh, where does this lower? Another tunnel? Where does this one lead? To the outside, George. Answer me. To the outside, eh? Yeah. Ouch. Uh, Too dark. George. Glendler. I saw my trouble is something Glendler. The doctor will give me shots. 
I will be all right, I know. I will be all right. Oh, my clothes. So tight, they hurt. Got to get out of them. Oh. Oh. Oh, better. So free. Wait for me. George! I'm Eve, George. Look at me. I'm Eve. Where are you, George? Oh, the doorway. George! Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Why did you frighten me so? We are going to a doctor. Aren't we, George? about them. Why? It's me. Me. Why? The door. Which door? Which leads out of it? Tell me. Why? Only we get fatter. You? Not me. I will be all right. Get out of here. You will see I will be all right. Get rid of you. And I will be all right. Is this the outside door? All right. Don't answer. I will find out for myself. I always find out for myself. No, no, don't go out there. Let go of me. No. I will. No. I will. Don't you understand slopping the pigs? You said it before. Huh? All right. Yeah. There. Slopping us. What? You hear me? They're slopping us. They? They? Who are you talking about? Who? I, I don't know. But we're being fattened up. Like I fattened up the pigs. You understand? No. You're crazy. I tell you, you're crazy. <laughs> I will get out. Now! Felice! No! You're naked! You're free! The snow, Felice! Come back! Felice! <coughs> Felice! What? Why are you looking up at the sky? What? Hey. Huge hand out of the sky, picking you up. They were slopping us. They This is Arch Obler again. First, my thanks to Jack Crucian and Valerie Varda. Sound, Bud Tollefson. Engineer, David Diller. Music, Joe Leahy. Announcer, Byron Kane. And now about our next play. You know about claustrophobia, of course, the fear of being locked up in a confining place such as an empty bank vault or your ex-wife's closet. Well... Dictating machine in hand, I started to do a story about claustrophobia, which I'll tell you about after a short, unconfining word from your station. This land is your land. This land is my land. This land was made for you and me. In North Elba, John Brown's this body lies a moldering in the grave. If Tom Wolfe could look homeward, it would be to Brooklyn Heights. Washington Irving wove tales from the fabric of Crum Elbow Point and Doghead Cove, Spite and Dival, and Glen Falls. Well-known people, little-known places, New York staters all. 
Too often these days, we confuse New York City with the state itself. Newspaper reports concern themselves more with Manhattan, Island of the Nettics, and Chock Full of Nuts than with Albany, home of the governor, or Rochester, home of the Kodak Brownie. More of us are aware of New York City's crime rate than realize that New York is the only state touched by both the Atlantic Ocean and the Great Lakes. Greenwich Village, Fifth Avenue, Broadway, the Verrazzano Bridge, these are indeed part of a wonderful town. But the turning of sugar maple leaves in the fall, the spring return of the bluebird, the rush and roar of the falls, these are part of a wonderful state. Obler again. I was telling you about my claustrophobia play. Have you ever dreamed of walking through walls, especially bank walls? Well, even if you haven't, you must meet the man who did on our next broadcast. Arch Obler's Plays Stories of the Unusual This is the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service. was the original Green Acres pilot. <laughs> no, no, no. That was The Day Sinatra Got Fat from Arch Obler. And uh, you are listening to the Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society. And once again, I'm Eric. I'm Tim. I'm Joshua. And Joshua, this was your selection. And uh, <laughs> there's a lot to talk about, as you said in the beginning. And I'm going to tell you that it. I really thought I was listening to Green Acres, especially when the woman with the crazy accent actually said, Darling, Park Avenue. <laughs> <laughs> I, I looked it up. It, it's a year before Green Acres. So they hit stole the air. this. Yep. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Well, this so, is the the Green Acres finale that we would have eventually seen. <laughs> yes. I like that it's the pilot, and then they said, "How about if it's a comedy?" <laughs> and not have them get fat and uh, slopped. <laughs> All right, Joshua. Tell us what's going on here, man. There's so much I love and so much I don't understand. <laughs> yep. Well, th this particular episode has taken me over 20 years to listen to. Uh, there's a little backstory here. Is it way back in the early mid 90s? I was a huge old radio fan. I had a, a friend in college who was super into old radio. Uh, my girlfriend was. My brother was. And, and we kind of we would go scouting because there was no internet, right? We we would we would listen to when radio was on KLBB. Oh yeah, and yeah. we would record. Where I them. used to work. Yep. Mm, uh, I was the guy that played those for you, by the way. <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> Thank you, Eric. <laughs> yes. And we would dub them off the radio. 
radio, we would go to the library, try to find old radio shows to record onto cassette tape. But the problem was you would essentially get the same like eight episodes of each radio show that was in circulation right. often. Or you would, you would come up with a box set and you would have six of the eight episodes already and it would be mm-hmm. $20, which was like a million dollars in 90s money. Right. Uh, and you would, <laughs> 90s you wouldn't, college money, yeah. <laughs> yeah you right? would not want to spend that. But we got a hold of a, a I think it was Radio Spirits catalog that just listed yep. hundreds of episodes with no blurbs. Just by title, by title of old radio shows, and you could custom order, and they were expensive. Again, by '90s money, custom mm-hmm. order cassettes and decide what you want on side A and side B. So we we were scrolling, scrolling here. I'm talking <laughs> like this computer. We were paging through this catalog, <laughs> and we found this listing of Arch Obler had written something called "The Day Sinatra Got Fat," and we were super into Frank Sinatra and all that era of music too. And we laughed at this title, and we're like we have to get this. And so we pooled our money and ordered a cassette tape nice. to be mailed to us with "The Day Sinatra Got Fat." Because you had to. We actually received a call from the Radiola or Radio Spirits, whatever this catalog was, was Radio like, Spirits, like the, yes. the operator saying, you know, I'm sorry, but the day Sinatra got fat is no longer available. And we're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so we had to get a different story and it, it never showed up. And we had no way of figuring out where this story came from or what it really meant. And so I forgot about it all these years. And then we started doing this podcast and then suddenly the story came back to me. I went, wait, this is the age of the internet. The day Sinatra got fat is on the internet. Right. I am going to listen to this. And then I listened to it. <laughs> and then you made us listen to it. What if you had gotten the cassette tape at 22 years old or whatever you were and heard we this? We would have loved it. Because we were in college. And we loved things that were bad. We loved things ironically. Sure. That's right? why Mystery and Science Theater did so well. Yeah. We would have thought it was the funniest, worst thing we'd ever heard. And uh, so, yeah. so it was great to listen to it. Well, the second reason I wanted to present it is that I discovered that it was written originally in 1964. So it's, I think it's really interesting to see Arch Obler write something 20 years after his heyday, mm-hmm. right? And it's new material from 1964, not a reused, recycled script. And you can tell that in some of the lines. There's it's a little saucy. In, innuendo, a little saucy. The, the series was titled Arch Obler's Place. Is that correct? Yep. Is that what they were called? Yep. Okay. They, they use sure. a little, they, say, they say, or... lights out Arch Obler's Place. Because oh, okay. he, he, in 1964, is recycling things from both his 40s run okay. of Arch Obler's Plays and from Lights Out with a handful of original scripts, such as The Day Sinatra Got <laughs> Fat. I guess I wanted to bring it here for my third reason is to really get you guys' input is I really can't decide whether this was intended to horrify or if it was a black satirical comedy because the title suggests it's comedy right yeah sinatra is the epitome of skinny right so this is the the, is Is that the deal well but it's it's an old joke so an old man is going back to the 40s you remember like the warner brothers cartoons where where sinatra would step behind a microphone and disappear 60s sinatra yeah yeah. 60s sinatra is not but so it doesn't make sense i'd never put that together but you're right Yeah, yeah they made fun of him for being so, so only aliens from outer space could make Frank Sinatra fat. That's the joke of the title. Ah, now I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to figure because I have a note here. He's like, Sinatra was great you in this, wasn't it? <laughs> Should we take a break so you can laugh uproariously for 10 nope. minutes? <laughs> I want to tell you something before we move on because uh, Joshua and I have been friends a long time and I can't believe this has never come up. When I was in my early 20s, one of my first jobs ever was working for a company. <laughs> That sent out the Radio Spirits catalog. So you might have mailed this catalog (laughs) to me. And I worked in a warehouse where we had all the cassette tapes of all the old-time radio shows. And, of course, I got them free. Um, Oh, you bastard. (laughs) Not because they gave them to me free. Because you took them. Yes. (laughs) Uh, It was a perk. Well, before I – I just took the job. I fell in love with old-time radio really, really hard when I took that job and had access to all these free tapes. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. I knew of it and I liked it, but that's really where it propelled me. Wow. And then I was able to go upstairs where the you know people in suits worked and say, look through the catalog and say, uh, give me a cassette of this, give me a cassette of that, give oh, me a wow. cassette of this. And they would... And under Somehow. no circumstances give that guy the day Sinatra got fat. <laughs> well, I didn't was know that, that you one. calling me <laughs> in 1993. <laughs> uh, hello. <laughs> uh, no, I. Uh, that was my impression of who would call you. Yeah. <laughs> there was a room in this place I worked where they had all of the stuff on reel to reel, and it was a nightmare 
because people would order it and they'd have to go through this giant warehouse of reels, find it, and then record it onto a cassette and then go through the production process to make you a... That's why it was so expensive. Yeah. So that's why they kept cranking out the same stuff. They could put together a compilation of the 10 best Lone Rangers ever. And they were just taking the ones they'd already (laughs) recorded. Gotcha. But we didn't have, they didn't have, like you could record it on your computer and just keep downloading it. I mean, it had to be done reel to reel. Yeah, each time. Each time it had to be recorded. Uh, It was crazy difficult process. But I can't believe we've never talked about that. Yeah, It's where I discovered uh, I Love a Mystery and, yeah, right, uh, Lone Ranger, all of Shadow. But not the day Sinatra got fat. I did not unearth that one. No, I did not. For starters, the first thing that struck me about this story uh, was it made me think of Ionized Yeast. Now, we've listened, (laughs) right? The the, the sponsor from the earlier Lights Outs that was all about making you put on weight during wartime shortages. So the first thing I thought of is like, are those aliens sprinkling ionized yeast all over the place? Is that what's making everyone fat? (laughs) Let's talk about the episode itself. I had a strange disdain love reaction for this episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was mad at it. Too. <laughs> Here's the thing. I, I don't want to ruin anything about like we're trying to keep up perception. Look, we record these in advance. It's early January, and that's okay. I tell people, right? We're recording a bunch of. No, don't <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> be You know what? I'll go in and edit it out if you don't want me to say. It. No, we edit. <laughs> Watch this. No, I'm just kidding. But I've just had four weeks of all the food I've ever wanted to eat ever and not thought about it. Mm-hmm. I don't eat ice cream, but during the holidays because I love it way too much. Listening to this episode was terrible because <laughs> I am about I have at least six pounds I put on. Mm-hmm. You start to feel, oh my God, I've got to work out. I'm so overweight. I feel so, and I got to get back to not eating all of, and we have the leftovers from the holidays still in the house. As we were recording this, just so everyone knows, we took a break. I went upstairs. My wife made cookies, you know, like we're still, <laughs> and I'm like, a cookie. And I'm like, oh my God, can I have broccoli? This episode was hard to listen to. I'll start right here. To orphan little people <laughs> get so fat that they can't move. Because that's how I feel every morning for the last week. So, so that that element of horror worked for you, you think, to a certain degree? Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I would say yeah. Because my fear, listen, I, you don't have this issue. I have the issue of, like, if I don't watch it, I'm going to be that guy in 20 minutes. I, my the, weight. The guy whose wristwatch disappears in the folds of <laughs> the fat folds on his fat. arm. <laughs> <laughs> but I got to be careful. Otherwise, I get big really quick. So I fear weight. Huge. Well, I think the first part where it lost me, but yet at the same time, like you said, I, I kind of admired it. And it's very Arch Obler. It's like, can I make fat audible? Right? <laughs> yeah. They get so fat, they can't speak through their fat faces right and it, they're, gets, they're like, it gets worse like, with every so fat. and it's <laughs> all dialogue and it's all hard to understand both like actually difficult to understand and emotionally challenging to understand <laughs> wait, wait. but I wanted to see the actors you know like how are they doing like yeah they but and they're I would kind say of they're moaning and I groaning like they're too they got heavy. enormous doubles to come in and speak yes right. yes stunt uh, eaters Double things. I I will tell you that I love that part of it, that I thought their progression of gaining weight, they did an excellent job that every couple sentences you could actually feel with the actors, them being heavier. So I give them huge credit for being able to pull that off. I give them credit to committing to it. I don't know that it, I don't know that it was successful. Though, I was like, I, I do it. I couldn't. Couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> they're like, they're just like, I'm so fat. <laughs> but you're right. right. After a big meal, you've you've thought about just laying there, going, I'm so fat. <laughs> I want to go climb through a cave. <laughs> well, yeah. uh, and, and you're right. There there isn't a lot of plot to it. Once they turn fat, all they do is sort of moan and grunt. <laughs> and try to figure out why they're fat and kind of yell at each other. That's the. But that's we're not the... talking about obese or fat. We're talking in my head that they'd become literally a th- two thousand pounds, yeah, like mobilized, I'm so, large. so fat. But the they, Dick they Gregory was about to Nearly show mobilized. up and save them at any minute. <laughs> but they, they become so fat. This is. I made this a Dick Gregory reference. You guys got me nothing on that. <laughs> <laughs> it's <was> very intentional. <laughs> 
they become so fat that by the end they remove their clothes. They have to be naked. They, they, this is an old radio show that ends <laughs> with a, a a fat naked woman being grabbed by a giant hand <laughs> and taken up into space, presumably to be eaten. <laughs> right, like the hand in that Star Trek episode that grabbed the Starship yes. Enterprise. That's yeah, what I was envisioning, yeah. right? I still can't believe that I've heard. I've listened to this three times. <laughs> So you brought this to us just to watch us react. I, I didn't was you? like, I, I really can't. I honestly wonder if this is meant comically. I, or... I have to believe this is. There's a lot of satire going in from well, the, from even including the fact that the dust is green. This yeah. sort of satirical element of these greedy people and yep. they get fed all this green. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and they are not supposed to be likable characters. <laughs> well, no. They hit the feel. butler with a bottle. I know. And she yeah. describes it and she says, it was so funny when he went down and he was like yeah. bleeding all over. Remember that? Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Like, and they're, was, they're just foul, awful they're foul people. foul people. Yeah, so so the only redeeming quality about them is they kind of like each other a little. Well, they come to some sort of weird agreement that, yes. like, I hate you, I married you because people in South America love blondes. And she's like, well, that's fine, because when I divorce yeah, she- you, I'm going to take all your money. And they kind of laugh about it and then get really fat. <laughs> <laughs> that's I would the say- plot. That is the plot. <laughs> you in said- its entirety. You said at the beginning, and I'm uh, grabbing here, uh, talking about Obler... All his political beliefs yep. coming into his playwriting. I think that there's a lot in here that is satirical, but it is also commentary on society, uh, people with money, uh, rich people, those that have the have-nots. Um, his obvious disdain for them, the people that have, yep. yeah, and and their uh, non-empathy for not only each other but the world in in general. I think comedy, no, but I think commentary, yes. But there's also that that element of. Uh, if if we can take this green powder to be representative of influence and money and, and wealth, that it ruins you. That it, it's damaging, yep. horrible thing to have this influence and this power. And I think part of this, too, is Obler's famous approach to writing was this stream of consciousness sort of thing where maybe he did not go back and tighten up to make these satirical points a little sharper. Um, because it certainly starts out, I think you're supposed to laugh at these guys. They're Like I said, they're so filthy rich they need to leave the cabin because they, they they can't survive without servants and they're they've, yeah, that they've, one. they've <laughs> married for such shallow reasons but by the end i think he does intend it as horror i don't think you're supposed to because they're right? being slopped and they're being yeah. bred to be eaten but there's nothing scary about the word slopped no <laughs> when he's screaming through his fat face they are slopping us <laughs> Just Can't like, you just say they're feeding us? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he wants to get that pig image. Yep. Um, and it's weird that he has pigs up in this mountain cabin. And there's a lot of um, – I'm going to compare this a little weirdly to Murder Castle, which we talked about several episodes ago. Yep. Um, we commented how Murder Castle is a sort of labyrinth this guy created. Yeah. And yeah. you can really see it in your head. But there's these weird tunnels that conveniently <laughs> connect – to the, to the pigsty, yeah. and you don't know. There's portions where you're not sure where they are or what's going yeah, it wasn't on. Wasn't very clear. No, this is not. I heard the pigs, and I went, why are there pigs? And I just moved on. I literally assumed they were in the pig cave. <laughs> the pig cave. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, if you think of it as like sort of like a murder cat, like Fat Castle. <laughs> <laughs> why would you go to Fat Castle? <laughs> I think the most terrifying aspect of this was this feeling I can't shake that for some reason I want to move to Utah. (laughs) (laughs) I I haven't even... Yes, I forgot about that. I don't know why, but why... You guys with me? It sounds like a pleasure land of fun. That's also baffling, because is that... So baffling! Is that for Utah or for Mormons? Both. Both, yeah. It's both. Well, it's weird propaganda, and it's a weird ad to play. Here's the deal. In old-time radio, a lot of the shows have the ads in them still. And most of them, they're done live by the actors. Mm -hmm. So if they're in the... But if you listen to CBS Radio Mystery Theater uh, with... Which a lot of them are out there uh, of the what nine hundred episodes? Yeah, that still that's exists. from the, like the late seventies into the early eighties. Correct. That half of them are recorded by people that are put on the internet, and they and they're great because you'll hear the ads. But the guy that recorded it and put it on the internet may have lived in Kansas City, so you'll get local ads for Kansas City or 
the sports scores and the news of the day. I'll never forget the CBS Radio Mystery Theater uh, coming up next, but first the news, and it was Richard Nixon and Watergate, and mm-hmm. it, it was developing. Yeah. And I love that, and I love the commercial, but we don't have those in, in the ones we've been doing so far. This is the first one with an actual commercial embedded. Yeah. And it's that. And it's that. And I don't know if it has something to do with it. It's for the Armed Forces Radio, it says at the very end. Correct. And is this like trying to when get the- done, boys. Come move to Utah or to New York, but yeah. not New York City, which is- well, Which is fine, but it's not fine, but New we, York State. Yeah, they, they, are, they are truly bizarre. When, when you contrast those commercials with- <laughs> Hugely fat people being eaten by aliens. Right? Like, there's so much going on. There's so much to be worried about when I listen to this episode. (laughs) Not only that, but the thing then, there's 87 minutes of Johnny Quest music. (laughs) I love the music. I loved it too. Well, now that you've mentioned it, we are committed to playing all that music (laughs) before we cut away. Were you going to tell me to edit that out? I was thinking about it because it just goes on and on. But no, we're going to keep it in. No, we have to keep it in because it was Listeners, you know whose fault it is. (laughs) And just listeners, just so you know, the guy that wrote the Johnny Quest music is Hoyt Curtin. That one guy is really relieved who is wondering, who wrote the Johnny Quest music? (laughs) I tell you what, you go look up Hoyt Curtin and listen to it. He's a genius. Anyway, that's another episode another time. But here's the deal. Uh, They were filling. That episode is short. It's very short. Mercifully short. (laughs) They already heard it. You don't need to. (laughs) Watch me do do it it with my mouth. Now I'm going to do the guitar, the violin solo from the, Devil Went Down to Georgia. Here's the thing about it that that is the disdain part for me. <laughs> if I were to ask you, Joshua, yes, what Jim? is the plot of this episode? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, you might say something. I, I'm not going to ask you that, but if I were to ask you that, you might say something like, "There's this green powder; it makes it makes you fat," and that's the plot. It, that's it. <laughs> there's nothing more. Well, there's. The radio broadcast when they get to the car. Right. Where they gives us a little information that little information like fat Washington fat. <laughs> I love that. Because again, I think aliens it's, though, right? It's aliens. Right. It confirms that it's aliens, but it does open with right. fat, fat. <laughs> <laughs> this just in. Fat. <laughs> what station are you listening to? And it's nineteen sixty four. You know, again, oh. Art Obler is clearly an old man at this time and he's still like like old men tend to do. Not that we're old men, but nouns. they kind of flash back to the, their younger days and, and that news announcement is not from nineteen sixty four. That's no. that's nineteen <laughs> forties newsreel going, you know. Right. Yeah. Oh my god, the humanity. America's at war with fat. You know, it's <laughs> that. Right. The 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 setup to not like them uh as characters mm-hmm. is so over the top, like how about they hit the butler in the head with a bottle, <laughs> and she's going to laugh about it, and and many other things. So the the setup, yeah, yeah, and they're struggling to remember that they hit him with a butler. Right? Yeah, they're hungover. Yeah. So hating them is not easy because it's so ridiculously written. Yeah, they, do you know what I'm yeah, saying? Like, they, they, they don't yeah. seem real. There's nothing real, real about any of it. Yeah, yeah the, 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 the howls. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that Gilligan's Island. <laughs> Lovey, <laughs> you've got a double chin, lovey. <laughs> well, he's so mean to her. She's getting fat, and he's like, "Ah, yeah. ah look at you!" And it's funny because he's laughing. It's really comical that she's fat, and then suddenly she goes, "You're fat too." And then the musical sting. Goes, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> a man is getting fat. This is serious. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you explain to me now why Sinatra's in the title. Yeah. That's a a time thing, like. We had to be alive back then, and then we would have gotten the title. Yeah. But I didn't get it, and I'm a huge Sinatra fan, and it was like, until you said it, all right, he was super skinny. Mm -hmm. But this is 1964. Yeah. So he wasn't that skinny kid. It's a very old joke by 1964. Right. It's a very old joke. When he was with you know Tommy Dorsey and everybody, he was a skinny kid. But Mm -hmm. that joke still stuck around that long? Apparently so. Apparently, yeah. I uh, Took it to be a part of the satire of success changing you. Maybe. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just that's. kept waiting for them to say something to the effect of the whole world's fat, including Frank, Frank Sinatra. Sinatra. <laughs> Here's Frank. You know, I've got you under my skin. I wish they'd done that. <laughs> <sighs> Hey, Dino, get out here. They're slopping us. 
<laughs> I will say this about this episode. I enjoyed so much that you brought this to us for this podcast. Because while I was listening to it, I was like, what are you doing, Scrimshaw? You're so weird. What are you doing? And then I thought, oh, this is going to be fun to talk about. And it was extremely yes. fun to talk about. But I will tell you, I'm never listening to that again. <laughs> No, I think final verdict on this is that it obviously does not stand the test of time. It doesn't stand many tests at all. (laughs) But I love your setup story that for 20 years, you and your brother, we've got to find it. (laughs) And that's interesting because the world we live in now, the instant access to information, I I have a hundred stories and we all do. When we were younger and our daughters and and, and sons won't understand this. Mm -hmm that they can get this information that I wanted the Prince Black album and I had to like meet people in alleys and see like the, I have a cassette tape of it. I didn't actually do that, but you couldn't find it. Yeah. Now you can find anything you can think of. I remember uh, uh, editing old VHS tapes of shows that I recorded so that I could have them and then having these hundreds of VHS tapes of these shows that I loved and then poof, they were all on the internet and I was like, ah, uh, there's that work 800 hours yeah. I'm never getting yep. back. It's all out there. Well, it's out there because someone like you had that wealth. Except cassette I you. didn't take it and upload it to YouTube, yeah. which I don't understand who has the time to do that. <laughs> but that's a whole other story. Tim, is that you doing stuff like that? <laughs> no. All right. <laughs> I just want to say one more time. The day Sinatra got fat. <laughs> Yeah. Thank you guys for being it was very a hot. part of this cathartic I, moment for me 20 years in the making. I can't feel This is like an Arch Ober sort of Andy Kaufman-esque <laughs> production. It's like, are you, are you messing with me? Right. <laughs> What's going on? Plus, we also right. got to find out that I worked in that warehouse. Yeah. I can't believe we've never discussed that. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, don't ever listen to this again. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> If you want to uh, let us know how you feel about it, please go to ghoulishdelights.com. And there you will find... You will find not only other episodes of this podcast you can listen to and enjoy. For uh, most of these episodes, you can vote in our poll and let us know what you thought of these episodes we've been bringing to you. You can also learn about uh, different shows that we are doing ourselves. We are going to be performing at the James J. Hill Library, recreating live performances of some of these classic radio shows. Not this one. Not this one. <laughs> or, or are we? Uh, <laughs> I'm not we sure. promise. Depends on the reaction. We'll see. If you want us to do this, folks, let us know, please. You know what, Tim, actually, can you put a vote on this episode? <laughs> do you want us to perform this at the James J. Hill Library? We'll do. Nice. Uh, do you want them to rip up our contract in our faces? <laughs> kind of? <Yeah>. No. <laughs> Oh, by the way, it's in St. Paul, Minnesota. St. Paul, Minnesota. Also, please go to iTunes. Write a review. Reviews really do help, and we thank uh, all the people who've already written reviews. But please, if you haven't, write one for us. Thank you very much. Also, tell people about the show. If you love the show, please just do a shout-out for us and say, hey, give this a listen. Who's our next episode? Well, next time, for Valentine's Day, my lovely wife, Adrian, and the episode she has chosen is from Escape called Lenigen versus the Ants. Until then... Look out!